Welcome to Healthy vs. Toxic, the podcast where licensed mental health professionals explore what makes a relationship healthy or unhealthy or even abusive, all from a scientifically informed perspective. This is Dr. Grande. Today's question asks if I can explore the relationship between a mother who has borderline personality disorder and her daughter. So as I was working on this video, I was thinking about a few different ways to structure this content. And the way I'll structure this video is I'll be presenting the four types of borderline mother-daughter relationships. So not really signs, but rather patterns we see in relationships between a mother with borderline personality disorder and her daughter. So just to clear up how these examples are broken down, we see in different situations here a dependent daughter. So this would be a daughter who's young. So she's dependent on the mother. So typically like under age 18 or under age 20 or 22 or something like that. And then I'll also be looking at the independent daughter. So this would be a daughter who is financially self-sufficient and living on her own. Now I know there can be other situations like a daughter who is relatively independent but still lives with her mother or a dependent daughter who's in a shared custody arrangement. But I'm just going to focus here on dependent versus independent. So before I get to the types, I'm going to go through real quickly the list of symptoms for BPD. There are nine symptoms in the symptom criteria list in the DSM, the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual. We see frantic efforts to avoid abandonment, unstable relationships. This is a pattern of idealization and devaluation. I'm going to refer to this as the love-hate cycle. Identity disturbance, impulsivity in at least two areas that could cause self-damage. We see suicidal behavior, affective instability, chronic feelings of emptiness, inappropriate or intense anger or difficulty controlling anger, and paranoid ideation or severe dissociation. Now, we know when we look at the daughter of a borderline mother, we see that that daughter is at a higher risk for developing the disorder herself. We see that borderline mothers often struggle with bonding, attachment, and a construct called mentalization. And this one is particularly important, especially in the early stages when the daughter's young. We see with this mentalization construct, this is the ability to infer the mental state of another. So essentially, to know what somebody's thinking based on their behavior. We know that borderline mothers misinterpret the mental states of their children about three and a half times more often than mothers without borderline personality disorder. So we see here they're more likely to make what we call non-attuned comments. So comments that demonstrate they did not understand what the child was thinking, which of course can be highly invalidating for a child. So I'm going to go through the types now, the four types of the borderline mother-daughter relationship. Of course, there are more than just these types. I'm just trying to cover some of the common situations I've seen in my clinical experience and what we see in the research literature. So with the first type, this is a borderline mother who has a daughter and perhaps other children, but no longer has a relationship with the daughter's father. And the mother actively dates, so she has multiple romantic relationships. And of course, we would expect these romantic relationships to be unstable. There would be this love-hate cycle with each of the boyfriends, in the example I'm using here. So the borderline mother really focuses on this relationship with the boyfriend, and she makes it central to her life during the idealization phase. 
So essentially, the daughter, in the mind of the borderline mother, is there to support the mother's relationship with the boyfriend. So when things are going well with the boyfriend, the mother introduces him as an authority figure and asks the daughter to respect and obey him, suggesting that he's in charge and really kind of pushing him into the role of being a father. So the daughter really feels like she's not as important as the boyfriend. Then during the devaluation phase, one would think that the mother would become closer to the daughter and they would side against the boyfriend. But what I often see is that the borderline mother blames the daughter for not being supportive of the boyfriend, for driving the boyfriend away, even though the mother is really angry at the boyfriend. This is really a feature we see with borderline personality disorder and anger. When somebody with a disorder is angry, they are often angry indiscriminately. They express reactive anger toward everybody, or at least many people, that approach them and interact with them. So it's not a selective type of anger, again, indiscriminate. So from the daughter's perspective, no matter which phase is operating, the idealization or the devaluation, the daughter isn't being attended to. Now moving to the second type. So in the example I used before in the first type, we see that the love-hate cycle that manifests with the key relationship is focused on a romantic partner. I used the example of a boyfriend. But with the second type, the key relationship is really between the mother and the daughter. And again, I'm still talking about a dependent daughter. So this relationship, the mother-daughter relationship, of course lacks the romantic component, but it still has the insecurity, the anger, the frantic efforts to avoid abandonment, paranoia, and emotional dysregulation. This is certainly a more active type of relationship as compared to the first type. The first type is really kind of distant. This one's really enmeshed. So it has good times, bad times, a lot of communication, a lot of intense feelings. Sometimes we see guilt trips. But we also see that the borderline mother is constantly looking for reassurance that the daughter loves her. The mother is jealous of other people that the daughter is spending time with. And the abandonment fear, I mentioned it's still there, but it manifests a little differently. Because, of course, the daughter really can't just abandon the mother. She's dependent on the mother. She's going to live there from one day to the next, kind of no matter what happens. So the fear is really more about being abandoned in the future. So we see this repeated prediction by the borderline mother that she will be abandoned someday by the daughter. And of course, much of the time, this becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. Hi there. I'm Heather Drago. And I'm Sarah Saunders. We host the podcast, That's a Hard No, about saying no and setting boundaries. So you can become that true and empowered you that this world needs. Saying no isn't just okay. It's the key to living an authentic, fulfilling life. I'm a licensed professional clinical counselor. So while this podcast is in no way a replacement for one-on-one therapy, I suppose I know what I'm talking about. I'd say so. We talk about learning to say no and set healthy boundaries and how it impacts mental health, physical health, relationships, parenthood, and more. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and visit our website, hardnopodcast.com. We're here to help you find your no and say it unapologetically. That's a hard no. Greetings from Evergreen Podcasts. 
We're rolling out a listener survey, and we want to hear from you. The information in the survey will help us gather statistics and in turn make our shows more appealing to advertisers. I know most people don't like ads, but this is one of the only ways our shows make money and help keep their lights on. We promise it will only take a few minutes, but the impact on our podcasts will be tremendous. As a token of our appreciation, we'll randomly select one lucky participant each month to win an exclusive merchandise package from Evergreen Podcasts. Head to evergreenpodcast.com slash listener survey to help a show and possibly get some free stuff for doing so. We can't thank you enough for the support. Now back to the show. Now with this dynamic, with this type of relationship, of course we see instability, but the love-hate cycle moves back and forth in a way that can become predictable from the point of view of the daughter. So the daughter sees the cycle over the long run, and she kind of knows what's going to happen next. But this changes as the daughter moves from being dependent over to independent, that transition period. So she's dating, looking for educational options, maybe like college, career options, thinking about getting a place of her own. And when she reaches adulthood, of course, she can leave when she wants to leave. So she can reach a point where it becomes a decision she can make. And this really creates like a constant threat on the borderline mother, this constant stress of potentially having the daughter move out at any time. And this exacerbates the borderline traits. So this transition stage, which would be difficult even if neither the mother nor the daughter had borderline personality disorder, becomes particularly stressful if the mother has BPD. The BPD only magnifies the emotional pain of this transition. So now moving to the third type. So with the first two types, I was talking about a situation where we have a mother with borderline personality disorder and a dependent daughter. And here with the third type and with the fourth type, we're looking at the independent daughter. So a daughter who lives somewhere else, perhaps has a romantic relationship of her own, a career, maybe even children of her own. So she's really building her own life. And with this third type, the relationship between the mother and the daughter is distant. The daughter may resent the behavior of the mother. She may be embarrassed by the mother's behavior. And the daughter may feel that the mother never really understood the daughter's emotions, right? So this really goes back to what I talked about before with mentalization, those non-attuned comments, the comments that the borderline mother makes that just miss the mark, right? It's really kind of like an attempt to make a reflection in counseling. Somebody looks a certain way and the counselor says, you look like you're a little depressed, except with the borderline mother, she misses that reflection. Instead of saying you look a little depressed, maybe she says something like, you look a little angry. So she's really not getting that accurate reflection. She's not accurately picking up on what the daughter is thinking. So really, the way I hear these relationships described a lot is it's described as one continual miscommunication. So the daughter really feels like she's not being heard or understood. Another dynamic I commonly see with this particular type is that the daughter doesn't really have the energy to deal with any type of stressful component from the mother, like impulsivity, suicidal behavior, emotional dysregulation, paranoia, anger. There's only so much the daughter can tolerate, and she may feel like she's already paid her dues because she was raised by the borderline mother, and she spent all that time with her. So essentially, with this type, the daughter has distanced herself from the mother to protect herself, to move past the dysfunctional 
relationship. So with this type, the borderline mother realizes her fear of abandonment. This, of course, was the exact outcome she wanted to avoid. Being abandoned produces great feelings of anger, shame, guilt, and resentment. So this is a challenging scenario for the mother with borderline personality disorder. Being abandoned by the daughter kind of brings her worst fears into reality. So moving to the fourth type, and again, as I mentioned, this will be the independent daughter as well. We see a daughter who has built a life of her own, somewhat separate from the mother. But with this type, the daughter maintains an active and unhealthy relationship with the mother. So specifically, I'm referring to a relationship where the daughter has borderline traits as well. Maybe even the full criteria for the disorder. And again, we know that daughter is at an increased risk. So this isn't a really uncommon situation. We would expect to see this on occasion where a mother has borderline personality disorder and the daughter does as well. And again, with this fourth type, the relationship is maintained even though the daughter has become somewhat independent. So the dynamic in this relationship would be tumultuous, a lot of ups and downs, with both the mother and the daughter going through separate love-hate cycles and separate manifestations of the other symptoms of borderline personality disorder. When the daughter has a new love interest, she may ignore the mother for potentially a long period of time. And of course, the same thing could happen with the mother finding a new love interest. When the daughter is angry, the mother may withdraw. When the daughter is impulsive, she may drag the mother into her behavior so the mother and the daughter get in trouble together. So what I find particularly interesting about this particular type is a dynamic that occurs, and I've seen this a few times in my career. What we see is that sometimes the love-hate cycles align on the same person. For example, if the daughter has a boyfriend and she's going through a devaluation cycle, so she really believes the boyfriend is bad, she hates the boyfriend, the mother may join in and also devalue the boyfriend, confront him, yell at him, threaten him, cause an incident. And then we can see the same thing on the idealization phase. So when that phase comes around for the daughter, the mother may join in with that as well. So from the boyfriend's perspective, he's having these expressions occur to him from two directions at a time. So two people devaluing him and two people idealizing him. So it becomes extremely stressful for his relationship with the daughter and the mother, regardless of which boyfriend we're talking about, whether it's the mother's boyfriend or the daughter's boyfriend, right? So essentially, the mother and daughter can act as a team in some of the symptoms, right? So again, it's something I've seen from time to time, and clinically speaking, it presents kind of a special challenge, right? That can be a difficult situation, especially if you're only working with the mother or only working with the daughter in terms of as a counselor. Thanks for listening. This has been a production of Ars Longa Media. The producers for this show are Christopher Brightigan and Madison Linden. The executive producer is Dr. Patrick Beeman. For more content, please visit our website at arslanga.media. To leave feedback or suggestions, send an email to info at arslanga.media. To find more content from Dr. Grande, including a link to his YouTube channel and his other Ars Longa podcasts, 
visit our website at arslonga.media. This podcast is intended for informational purposes only and should not be construed as medical or mental health advice. Ars Longa, Vita Brevis. Welcome to the Bravery Academy. My name is Emma Ferris and I'm your host. This podcast is crafted to share the stories of courageous individuals who have overcome adversity and found the courage to live their best lives. We'll explore the science of well-being, courage and connection and interview top thought leaders, game changers and survivors. It is from these stories that we learn what resilience is, how to heal, how to recover and how to be brave.